everyone, it's Chloe, and I'm so excited to share something fabulous with you, Vogue's first ever global fashion community, Vogue Club. Our members get to mingle with Vogue editors, yes, including me, and fellow fashion enthusiasts at exclusive events around the world. And that's just the start. Membership opens doors to the fashion industry, bringing you expert career advice and insider style and beauty tips. What are you waiting for? Head over to Vogue.com membership to join. And here's a little treat. Use code TRT20 and snag 20% off your membership. That's TRT20 for 20% off your ticket to Vogue Club. Are you in? This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. AI is making waves in every field it touches. President Biden is now on TikTok and the election draws closer each day. With so much going on in the world, it is hard to keep up with it all, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdal, the co-host of Make Me Smart. It's a podcast from Marketplace. And every weekday, Kimberly Adams and I break down the latest in business and the economy with short daily episodes to make it easy for you to stay in the know. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Run Through. I'm Choma Nardi. And I'm Chloe Mal. Yeah, Yo, you really uh, jumped right in there, Choma. You didn't give me a moment. I'm like, uh... <laughs> come on, we're in a frenzied week. On this is Met week. I'm just looking at, you know, what <laughs> people are recommending I buy. <laughs> Aren't you stressed? I'm so stressed that I have, like, I actually have a rash that's Stop. like a stress okay. rash. All right, fair enough. <laughs> it's a storm in a teacup, but it is the Met week. It, I don't know what it is about this week. It's just everyone's in a bad mood. So it's hard to, it's like <laughs> Mercury every... retrograde and some eclipses apparently. Yeah, they should schedule the Met around that. They should. Can't wait to bring that up with Andrew Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> Move the exhibit. Don't make it when Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm glad we spoke to the people who planned the Met last week because this oh, week isn't been... a good week for... Oof. No. But that was fun. I feel like I uh, got a lot of... Me too. Inside dirt about the 250,000 flowers that have to be hand-inspected for insects. That don't... I'm glad that I don't do that job. <laughs> yeah, because it's starting in a few days. <laughs> How's your dress coming, Joma? Well, still being made. I went yesterday to get mm, the bodice kind of refitted. So I'm slightly nervous. And then <laughs> this morning you went to the new Tiffany store. You got a tour with Anna. Yes. It Is was, it crazy? It's insanity. It's it's 10 floors. Okay. Uh, it's topped by a sort of glass atrium that's like a diamond. Oh, good grief. And Peter Marino did it? Yeah, it's okay. pretty. In, it's it's actually breathtaking. And I feel like there's been a lot of chatter about this uh, opening. I mean, it's four. I think it's four years in the making. From the top, you have this beautiful view of the park, and then inside, every. I mean, Peter Marino is every detail is considered. Hmm. Um, okay. And I'm not usually wowed by like a store. I'm an online shopper. I don't care about stores, but I was like, wow. Okay. And then on the on the ground floor, they have that huge. Tiffany Diamond. Oh, well, you're um, still going. All right. Yeah. 
I need to actually look up what this diamond, how big this diamond is, but it's like blindingly huge. All right. <laughs> and then do we still care about Sophia Richie's wedding last weekend? I feel like that really dominated uh, my social media feed. Yes. Many Chanel dresses. It was, people were calling it like, the wedding of the year. It's a little bit early to call it the wedding of the year. Wow. I think there was... Wedding of the year in April is bold. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you, with all the talk about quiet luxury, there was nothing quiet no. about that no. luxurious situation. No, it was pretty, it was pretty luxurious. Oof. But people are really tired of the trend quiet luxury. So we may be retiring that phrase very soon. Why? Just because it's like a, a bullshit rich person thing to say? Pretty much. I think that's probably fair. Yeah. And then what else happened this week that we were excited about? Old news, Sophia Ritchie. Yes. Don Lemon, Tucker Carlson. Yes. No fashion, so we don't care. No. Oh, well, today <laughs> the And Just Like That trailer dropped. Now we're talking. And <laughs> the the audible gasp that came from Choma's <sighs> mouth when she saw Aiden appear in the last shot was really something that I wish we had <laughs> I'm invested. Recorded. I'm invested. I I really didn't peg you for an Aiden person. I'm invested. I remember, didn't they have that upstate jaunt where yeah. she was in the cabin? And, and him and Big had a, a yeah. brawl. Yeah. I mean, I... It's true. They sort of anticipated the upstate trend. With yeah. That. I'm a huge Sex in the City fan, but I never went back to rewatch them because I just don't love rewatching shows okay. or films or movies, anything. But that moment when you see Aiden just made me think, oh, I need to revisit that. I need to revisit. Aiden has never made me feel that way. Really? No. Also, I didn't like his dog. That cocker spaniel was always getting into trouble. He had no personality. He had heart and soul. The dog or Aiden? Aiden. Mm. Well, and just like that is back. And I was excited about the trailer because Victor Garber's in it, who I love. I love all these hot daddies coming in. Yes. (laughs) For their their late in life glory. I'm I'm here for all the late in life glory in in just like that. I'm here for it. I didn't think I'd love it, but I waited for every single episode. Wow! All right, I'm, yeah, I'm I support you. How did you <laughs> celebrate your birthday, Choma? Many happy returns of the day. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I just went for dinner, very low key because it's a go? busy week. Went to this place called Chinese Tuxedo. Okay, I have a very good fried rice and noodle dish, which I like. Lovely. And with a few friends, and yeah, it was lovely. Very nice. Yeah. I went to an event last night at the New York Public Library celebrating that they just acquired the um, Joan Didion and John Donne archives. And it was a very fraught night because they announced today the city budget, um, which was about to cut a lot of funding for the uh, libraries. And then uh, they announced this morning that they're going to – preserve the budget. So that was a big oh, win for the library. But it was really fun to uh, hear a talk and some readings of, of Joan Didion's letters. And wow. um, she really kept everything. So that'll all be accessible now. Is it on it on display or how does it work? I think they'll probably have it cycle through in exhibitions, but right. I think it'll mostly be upon request in the, right. the rare books and manuscripts area. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. Chema, what's your like pre-met prep do you get a facial do you do a massage um, tell us your process oh god <laughs> and mostly i just spend a lot of time worrying about how much content we're gonna produce <laughs> yeah so it's endless meetings endless meetings and all the way up to the day of until friday i think okay. we try by the weekend to have everything buttoned up and then 
you know, everybody goes away and prepares their stories. And I mean, last year I did interview Kim on the Sunday and wrote, oh, right. r- wrote it up and we published it. So we're all gearing up for Monday. Yes. And there's the the exhibition will be previewed to the press in the morning. And then around 6 p.m., everyone's going to start trickling in and yep. you can watch the live stream um, Vogue's exclusive live stream of the 2023 Met Gala red carpet on Monday, May 1st, starting at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can find out everything else you want to know at Vogue.com slash Met Gala. And the run-through will be back in just a moment. I'm Celeste, and I'm here with Jade and Emily, and we are so excited to announce our new show, After Hours. We're three female founders who became friends through, well, trauma bonding over entrepreneurship. These days, we come together after work to discuss the highs, lows, and hilarious moments we all experience as we build our companies in our 20s as first-time founders. We're dishing advice, spilling secrets we wish we knew so you don't have to make the same mistakes we did, oversharing in the best ways, giving our legal teams anxiety, and peeling back the curtains behind startup life. So close your computers, we know it's hard, and pour yourself a glass of something, because After Hours is now in session. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Maybe a chef-grade range made you want to hone your cooking skills, or a high-tech tennis racket made you want to work on your backhand. I recently bought a new pair of running shoes, and that made me love hitting the pavement again. Well, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This podcast is supported by Macy's. Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a backyard staycation, Macy's has what you need this summer. Shop the easiest and breeziest brands like Nina Parker, Vince Camuto, and Dolce Vita. Macy's has all your must-have items from sundresses to matching sets to wedges, beach bags and towels, you name it. Stock up for summer at Macy's. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style today. That's Macy's.com slash own your style. So you likely know the man, the myth, the legend of Karl Lagerfeld, black suit, white ponytail, leather gloves, dark glasses. He was a designer for over six decades. Karl Lagerfeld was the creative director of Chanel, most famously, but also designed for Fendi, Balma, Chloe, Patou, his own label. Yeah. Um, I think it's most fascinating how just voracious his appetite for all types of things were high and low so he also was the creative director of magnum ice cream i know i found that i completely that had i'm a big magnum fan he was did the first h&m collaboration which i think was yeah he really he wasn't a snob about i mean he you know listened to everything from disco to mahler it was a very uh equal opportunity culture vulture for sure i mean i think we should we should stress that this exhibit is really focused on his work Yes. Not necessarily him as a person. 
It's called Karl Lagerfeld, A Line of Beauty. It's curated by Andrew Bolton. He's the head curator at the Costume Institute at the Met. But, you know, our interview with um, Lady Amanda Harlech will give you a sense of him as a person. I think she works so closely with him starting in, you know, the mid-90s. And we were really excited to have her on the show. You know, she's often called his muse, but I think it's sort of an ambiguous term of what Mm. she did for him. She called herself sort of his second pair of eyes. And I think the biggest takeaway is that she was intimately involved in every step of the process of Mm. his collections from 96 to the end of his life. Yeah, it just felt like there was this like symbiotic relationship that they had and way of communicating and ease with each other because I don't think Carl had so many people that were that close to him in his life. And there was obviously something, a sort of comfort level there that was special. Yeah. Hi, girls. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Is it the morning? Well, for you, it's the afternoon if yeah. you're up at 1 a.m. Yeah, I'm so jet Were you productive when you got up? Did you sort uh, of... Yeah, I meditated. I looked out of my hotel window and by five it was getting light and there was not one sign of a living thing at all. It is just tiers of windows with the identical desk and chair. Not one living thing. Well, that's Midtown. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to New York. <laughs> so I miss my tree. Yes, well, we, we, we miss have questions about your tree. Um, yeah, we noticed on your Instagram that you, you often post the same tree. It's the tree outside my house. What kind of tree is it? An oak, of course. <laughs> Why, of course? Well, an oak is not only sort of a sacred ancient tree that is very special to the UK, but they grow along ley lines, which are the energy channels, ley hmm. lines and energy lines. Okay. And they protect against witchcraft. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so lovely. So are you protected by this tree every morning? Well, being a witch. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know we had a witch in the studio, but now we know. Yeah, this <laughs> a good witch. You helped design this exhibition a bit, no? No. This is Andrew's brilliant conception. He's like very generously actually had me along for the ride, which has been enthralling, revelatory, inspiring, at times heartbreaking, because I think what Andrew succeeded in doing is opening up the soul of Carl in a way. It's not just the outside of him. Because I think it was, it is the fascination. I mean, when we were brainstorming about, well, sort of two, three years ago, I remember Andrew saying, I would be I'm fascinated to know what, you know, what's inside Carl's head. Mm. And I said, it's probably like some sort of extraordinary electrical circuit and <laughs> the kind of interesting, you know, the bits where the wires cross <laughs> and there are these like, like explosions and things like that. That's what Andrew has created. And Andrew's curation is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing because of his... Oh, I mean, the precision of his intellect is just staggering. And for me, it's it's like, that's a country I'd like to live in. I mean, it's just it's just so full of such wonderful things. I can't explain it. It's like, oh, I'm going to sit down in there and sit down forever. Thank you very much, Andrew. Was it uh, quite emotional walking through and yes, remembering so yes, many things? When yes. You... This week, this was the first time. Yesterday was the yeah. first time I've, well, the first 
Yesterday yeah. was the time I walked through the space, the exhibition, mm. after what's been two years wow. of thinking and making. And there was a rough twirl of the soundscape, and I felt Carl was there. Mm. And when by the end, you know he's there. Oh, that's amazing. To people who, who don't know, how would you describe your role with Carl? Because obviously you worked with him. I'll use Carl's description of my role because it was a sort of <laughs> no-job description role. Uh, he called me his outside pair of eyes. I kind of describe myself as a sprinter who comes in for marathon runners who've been training. Mm-hmm. So I just come in for the final straight so that that really actually mm. gets you going. A pacing everybody Mm. but that sounds a bit like harsh and I don't think I was that I just think I was somebody that Carl could trust he I remember Carrie Watfelt on a advertising campaign once said to Carl oh Amanda she has a very good eye and Carl turned and he said she's got two actually so (laughs) um, I think that's really thank you Carine thank you Carl I mean that so, sounds like a very intimate, um, almost language into itself. How did that evolve? It couldn't have just started with that much trust, no? What was the first time working with him like? No, that was very different. Yeah. Um, I think I had. To, I think we both had to find our own way. I think Carl, Carl had helped me, you know, when I was literally back against a wall with a divorce and various things. And he very generously offered to help me, and I found myself at Chanel. And what, what year is this? This is 96. Okay. And I can remember going, walking into the studio and being scrutinized by about at least 30 people, oh. all immaculately, uh, elegantly dressed, not one without makeup. Carl didn't really say anything to me, so I thought that what I was expected to do was what I did for John Galliano. And I understood over the years that what I could bring to him was an an assimilation of his intention, particularly after the dossier de press shoots, which is were always shot a week before the actual show. Right. So, and Carl would shoot them, and it was really like actually a dress rehearsal for hair, makeup, often in the car after those shoots at one, two, three, four in the morning <laughs> oh, with gosh. Carl. I would very generously, he could have gone straight home. Right. He would drop me off. That's so nice. And what were you chatting about in the car on the way home? I'd be telling him about his collection, what, <laughs> what it meant to me. Oh, wow. And what were you listening to? Was there music on? There would always be music on. I mean, Carl was surrounded. I mean, he worked to uh, nonstop music. Um, and he had hundreds of iPods that were um, wow. loaded by, I mean, all sorts of different things. It could be like 70s Italian disco or it could be uh, 18th century opera. He would have all of this going 24-7. He could sleep with noise, with music. Wow. Wow. Do you, I mean, obviously walking into the studio wasn't the first time you met him. Do you remember the first time you met him? Yeah, I do. And it was really significant, again, because mm. I remember so many details. Like, I was wearing stained glass bias cut dress, which is made of, panels of wow sounds incredible john's John's. it was very beautiful it was a galliano's yeah i came uh, you know only because john was invited with it was a part of his team one of the parties that carl would throw for the fashion his fashion friends 
and his the fashion friends he would want to have. So it was very personal and it was a cross-section of everybody who was really making and doing. And it was long before iPhones and sponsored parties <laughs> and it was fun and people could dance and be wild or sit and talk. I heard he was a really good dancer. Yeah, he told me as a boy he was sort of champion ballroom dancer. Wow. Reading a biography wow. recently, um, he also did ballroom dancing when he first came to Paris. Oh, my gosh, how interesting. Mm. So by the time, I mean, when you see him dance with, I mean, there's a photograph in the room I stay in, in the Villa Letizia, which is the Anna Fendi Hotel in mm. Rome. And one of the rooms is dead, sort of, the Carl room, and that's where I always sleep. And there's a photograph of Carl dancing, waltzing with her. And oh, you can just great. see in the way his body is. Did you is, ever dance with him? Yes. <laughs> I can remember Eddie was what Eddie Slimane was one of the ones who were invited for dance classes by we had oh my like a French couple. Um, and the guy danced with the girls and the woman danced with the guys. And Carl had a floor, a sprung wooden dance floor put into one of the rooms in 51 Rue de l'Université. Oh, my God. And we had dance classes. I learned the cha-cha-cha and the rumba. Oh, fun. But so I also... Wait, so, so you're in Carl's... Um, house. House. Home. On the special <laughs> floor that's been installed for yeah. these dance classes. Yeah. There's wow. two sort of... You dance know, teachers. Dance teachers. There's you, Eddie Slimane, and Carl. And Virginie. And Stephen <laughs> Gann. And Sebastian. And I think I think it was Princess Caroline there at one point. Oh the different people God. would come and go. Wow. And do you still, now sometimes when you dance at a wedding or at a party, do you think, oh, I learned this no, cha-cha I did, then. I did. <laughs> and I actually then had, I then continued because I thought it was quite good to exercise that part of my brain. Yeah. So, did Carl have dance shoes? He's, no. Okay. I mean, his shoes were dancing shoes because okay. they got a sort of Cuban heel. Okay. Those, yeah, that's true. The Masaru, Masaru boots. I witnessed Carl dance, waltzing with Oscar de la Renta um, of such heartbreaking rhythm and beauty, those oh, two. where? Wow. Both of them. It was in New York, actually. I remember Baz Luhrmann was there. And Thomas, I can't remember the I can't remember the event. Anna was there. <laughs> it sounds like fun. Round and round they went. Oh, my God. Wow. It was so beautiful, the sort of attitude of their bodies. I mean, fluent. The lead was Oscar. Oh, Incredible. what a fabulous image. Fabulous, yeah. right? Well, I love that. <laughs> were there other things like that that you did with Carl that were non-work related but really sort of fun, eccentric things? I don't know. I was just thinking this morning, like, Carl ever go ride a roller coaster, or did you ever go just go to the movie theater? Or sort of like normal. I people? took him. I took him to the th the cinema once. I wanted him to see um, Sophia's film Virgin Lost Susan. in Translation. Oh, Lost in Translation. And I took him to the Pagoda Cinema right. in Paris, which I really loved, which is closed now. And I discovered something in dark places, dark warm places. When nobody's looking at him, Carl falls asleep. <laughs> and he fell asleep in about after the first five minutes. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> it's like that's me too. <laughs> Glad I have something in common with Carl. Right, lady. So, so that's what happened. Um, so I didn't do that again. <laughs> Did people stop him often when you were out with him, sort yes. of on the street? Not to begin with. Yeah. To begin with, I mean, in the early days, walking to the floor. On a June evening. Café de Flore. Yes. For, for those who don't know. <laughs> um, it would be lovely. We'd go to the 
newspaper kiosk that was right out outside the bookshop, mm-hmm. which he always bought his books in before he had Settel, um, even though he'd always used Galliani and La Une. Mm-hmm. And then, so there'd be books and then all the magazines. What, what were his favorite magazines and newspapers to read? All of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the trashier, the better, <laughs> all the way through to... Like, would he read really those trashy French, like Closer and Gala and all those? Yeah. Oh. There one called Pointe de Vue. Yes. <laughs> And then he'd buy sort of like sports things for Sebastian, and I could choose something. And Sebastian I, was his John Doe, the, his uh, security, PA, security, his, his PA, security, like driver, everything. Okay. And then we'd go into the floor, the cafe floor. Yeah. And then we'd eat. What we'd would have you eat? Balik. I don't know what that is. Okay. So <laughs> initially, when you know, when I first met Carl, I can remember, I can remember him. Um, asking me if I'd ever eaten a frankfurter, which I hadn't. Right. So he so he ordered me a frankfurter. They're delicious. And, they are. And that's the occasion where it was like a real example of Carl's mercurial mind was that he would just keep asking you questions as you're trying to eat your way through a frankfurter, <laughs> like, you know, what's your favorite Emily Dickinson poem? Um, then Balik is, it's a Norwegian smoked salmon. Mm. Ooh, delicious. Yeah. Delicious, with a little bit of horseradish, I think, or something mm. on the side. It was really, Ooh. really, really delicious. So that was yeah. the order for both of you. What, what, what is, what was called drinking at Cafe de Flore? The same, always Coca Light, always, <laughs> always, always. Coca Light should have sponsored this Met Gala. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. I'm surprised they're not. <laughs> I mean, he had such a fast-moving mind. What was his? What was his daily routine? What was his process like? What was he like working I with? wasn't there right, right, in the of course, morning. Of course. <laughs> I don't really know what his daily routine was. But I mean, I do know from staying with him, because he very generously would invite some of us to stay with him in Biritz when he mm. had a house, El Oria, there, which was heavenly. What would you do when you would go visit? You'd do all the things that you always dreamt of doing, but when you're at home, you can't because you don't have time. <laughs> so in my case, it would be painting and reading. And actually, I learned to surf with my kids. Wow. Oh, fun. Which was amazing. From having a room but one next door mm. to his, that he would not emerge out of his bedrooms, which all had his tables and desks covered with his profusion of mm. eyeshadows that he used for coloring and blocks and pens and books and magazines and point of view and <laughs> iPhones and iPods and all of it, that he actually, he didn't begin the whole process of getting dressed, which in itself, you know, involved powdering the hair and putting it into its mm. Pony, 18th century ponytail. Would he do that personally? No. Yes. Oh, wow. He never had yeah, a valley. I think it was everything. a two-hour routine. He, he I mean, imagine... Really? Imagine yeah. the stiff collars. Imagine his shirts did up with buttons behind, like a dress, mm. so that you didn't have a button thing happening wow. here. Like a priest. Like you never, yeah. You, yeah, you never saw the buttons because you'd have the tie here, but there was no button cleavage. Wow. I'm the, sorry, but so who's buttoning it? Sebastian? I mean... No, he did it all. Yes. Good grief. I know. Okay. Well, he was he was strong, dexterous, and, and pretty flexible, and he'd done a lot of bodybuilding back in the day. Wow. Um, which you'd think would make that harder, but anyway, <laughs> no, no, doesn't that anyway, tighten you up? He did. He did it. Nobody else did it. 
Well, that's a feat in itself. Mm. You know, jewelry, choice, cufflinks, everything was done spontaneously. Wow. But wow. I'm sorry, would you ever see him before that ha- transformation had taken place? Like, what is Only the pajama situation? Once. <laughs> Only once. I, I think Carl wouldn't mind me saying this. And, and my daughter, Tallulah, also bumped into him once. We were in Biritz, and so my room and my children's room were above. Okay. There's a flight of stairs, and the stairs ended just outside his bedroom door, which he would come out of, walk three strides to another door, which was one of his dressing rooms and then probably the ensuite bathroom and things Mm. like that. So I came down the stairs, bouncy, 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 probably going to go and do some yoga or going to go and have breakfast or actually probably go surfing. Okay. Quite sort of hurried. And the door opens and Carl emerges. We both give each other a fright. (laughs) Like, both of us, like... (laughs) He is as white as a ghost in a long white, like a nightdress, but it's like a chemise. He sounds like Ebenezer Scrooge. I love. And his hair is in a complete (laughs) white halo around his head. No no dark glasses. Just these incredibly kind, curious, Uh, searching, uh, light brown eyes. Oh, we both then, then we both ran away. <laughs> that was the Carl without that extremely polished, yeah. highly recognizable mm-hmm. disguise. Wow, incredible! Wow. <laughs> well, speaking of his homes, I mean, I, I love looking at pictures of all of his many homes over the years, but also just the amount of stuff. I mean, you talked about his mm. desk. I, the pictures of the desk actually give me sort of a heart attack I because know. it's just heaving with papers. I know. And then there's one photo of Choupette sort of navigating through. Yeah, the Annie through. photo is incredible. Yeah. That was the last portrait of him for Vogue. Really? Yeah. yeah. What was what was it? What were his collections like? What was I mean, I know that he was a prodigious reader, but but where did he sort of was he one of those people who collected things and then sold them or did he store them or keep them out? Like what was that process like? There was a sort of, dare I say it, a sort of aesthetic retail therapy going on. <laughs> but he, what he would buy, furniture, te- or how he would have his house, homes decorated. And you could say there's a parallel here with the way he worked. He was never satisfied. At the point of completion, mm, is this actually a symbol of love for him? There was a sort of purging. Like he right. would almost like his fear was to be stuck, to be stuck in an earthly paradise instead mm. of being free within it. So however much he loved his houses, his homes, the his the things he'd collected, he was prepared to let all of those these go. I mean, I sort of think that's very philosophical of him. He can detach and that that is his great power. Well, um, didn't he have a recreation of his childhood bedroom in one of his homes? Is that a lot, all of them? I never really thought of it being bizarre. I thought of it bizarre. It's specific. It's very specific <laughs> because he would have. I mean, in Paris at fifty-one Rue de l'Université, there was the room that I stayed in. Actually, a lot, and Sylvia Fendi stayed in it. It's like this little with secessionist furniture. This little. T- little tiny bed of extreme comfort of a special sort of feathery mattress. Mm. I mean, Amanda, what I always find fascinating, and I think he was the first 
person to do this was he was producing Chanel Couture, but also was the creative director of Magnum Ice Cream. What were some of the most <laughs> unexpected and, – and cl- clearly he was had such a voracious intellectual appetite. But were, what were some of the more amusing sort of pop cultural obsessions he had? Like was he – watching the Real Housewives equivalent <laughs> oh, in France God. type of thing? Or yeah. like what, what TV was he sort of... Okay, the TV was on because I... We, uh, I was going to say, did uh, he watch TV? Yeah, I, uh, when I was in Paris, he very sweetly and kindly, you know, the English emigre, mm-hmm. all alone, <laughs> would invite me every night for dinner at his, oh, wow. at his home. Wow. So he had a... What number, would you eat? Number eight, Rue de... Rue de Saint-Père was the house, even though it was, like, fully equipped with another, it was beautiful. He designed, the, you know, the metalwork and a beautiful chandelier and his German posters. But he, there was a bed and everything there, but he only ate there because he, actually what he didn't want was the sound of the chefs and the doors banging and deliveries and things <laughs> like that where he was working. Right, so right. Wow. his lunch and breakfast was taken to him like that. two blocks away. Ah. <laughs> so th- but for supper, it, he, we would sit at this wonderful sort of slate black table with the, the Jensen silver candelabras wow. with this giant screen, usually with the news on kind of a, a oh rip- my God. loop. Wow. But Which was, channel? I don't know. It was French Like news. a French canal producer <laughs> yes. or whatever. Okay. <laughs> Then there was this program that he liked to watch, which was, I don't know the name, you must look it up. It was about typical French couples, and each, each program would be based on one couple, which would be stereotypical French Like a reality society. show? No, they were actors. Okay. I mean, terribly funny things happened. <laughs> Sounds like a French telenovela. It was, yeah. I mean, it was like really badly filmed, really awful lighting, and everything as far as I could tell and I didn't get the jokes because they were so sort of indelibly French that I couldn't even get there I didn't think it was very funny really but <laughs> Carl did and he knew it was bad I mean he would say I'm sorry I'm sorry for this. but everybody has a guilty pleasure but yeah. I couldn't get you couldn't I couldn't get up and leave I had to wait we had to, you know oh, we always goodness. waited until he decided to get up and leave oh how funny <laughs> I mean you must have the best collection of Carl was it part of your contract yeah. that you got a couture dress every year? <laughs> thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Carl and Chanel. I am blessed. And yes, I do have some extraordinary So how pieces. did you decide what yeah, to wear? How, how are you going to, what are you going to wear for the men? So, okay, this is all a difficult <laughs> thing. So part, answer to part one is, it was far too big a thing for me. I'm not, I find it really difficult to say thank you. I find it really difficult. I think a lot of women, a lot of us do, actually, not just women, all of us, some of us, find it very difficult to be given things mm. unless you feel you've kind of earned it. And so choosing, I would, ne- I, w- I was very, I suppose I'm quite intellectual about it. So none of my pieces are heavily embroidered or oh. colored or, oh, you know, they're, almost like an x-ray so they mm. are the shadow hmm. of Carl's outline wow. his design proposition for each couture collection bar those collections where I didn't dare ask because I felt I had not really been present enough oh right. interesting wow. I was like yeah this is one season I it's missed very monastic of you it's yeah good. I know however 
to talk about my blessed dress for the Met, which I tried on. I didn't dare try it on for ages because it's like, oh, I'm going to fit from 2007. <laughs> um, I, so Tallulah was like, come on, mum, let's do it. So we tried it on. It fitted. Yay! But, but we both looked at each other and went, mm, mum, this dress smells of perfume. And then I'm like, because I don't really wear perfume. I mean, I guess that's just maybe a little, but it's a very mm. natural. I know whose perfume that is. That's Daphne Guinness's, because, <laughs> oh. oh, she was the last person to wear this dress oh. when Carl took the photograph of us swapping identities. Oh, my God. So oh that's where I wore her McQueen and she wore my Chanel. Wow. But I thought I'd had the dress very cleaned. <laughs> Clearly I haven't. And it has got what Andrew explained to me, or he explained in the Charles James exhibition, inherent vice, whereby the body oils or the oils in perfume begin to erode the silk tool. Oh, no. So we are going to have to be very brave. (laughs) Hold one's head high. Like the tatters of the gown are testament to a life lived yeah, and loved. I love that. I so love that. there you go. Wow. Incredible. What collection was it from? It's actually Fall 2008 Couture, so it was made in 2007. Okay. Wow. Give us a little description. Um, Color? It's obviously black. Okay. But it's got a scribble of surpicure, so uh, almost like piping. Okay. So it's got a nervous sort of pleating, fine pleating, almost like... Imagine the edge of the sea in moonlight. It's a gorgeous uh, way to think about it. Do you have a favorite <laughs> memory of Carl? I have so many. Um, I have so many. Oh, God. I mean, there are mad ones, like when he decided he wanted to photograph me on a horse <laughs> with very riding with very high heels, <laughs> like... Don't want to fall off a horse oh. in a high heel. <laughs> Carrying a surfboard behind a surfer. Wow. That was in Biritz. That was a wow. or Would he go surfing with you guys in Biritz? No, 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 no. Okay. No. <laughs> no. You wouldn't see Carl till like late in at night. Wow. Uh, or when we had a TV dinner, so-called, out by his Olympic-sized slate-lined uh, pool in, swimming pool in Spirits again. What's his version of a TV dinner? Well, it was a, like a vast TV. Okay. And we're sitting outside with actually Ingrid, Sishi, and Sandy Brandt. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's raining, as it often did in Biritz. <laughs> and the rain is actually plopping onto the, the plates. That was just a hysterically funny moment. Wow. When Carl left me on the sidewalk in Moscow in about <laughs> oh, minus 10 no. to go to the airport, and I'm wearing next to nothing couture. <laughs> I mean, cold. Um... <laughs> But what did always, you do to deserve that? I think he just sped off. And he was <laughs> like, it was a very big dinner, and he needed to get back to Paris. Oh, funny. And when was the last time you saw him? Oh, 2019. I mean, the, the last time I saw him was the night before the couture that he didn't show up to. His first show in the whole of his, the whole of his life that he never actually made it to. Um, God, what must he been thinking? Um, and he blamed it on the snow. Anyway, he, yeah, that was the last time. And we spoke on the phone. There was a Fendi fitting later. 
uh, at the beginning of February, which I had a stinking cold, and I remember um, texting him, and he was, and he he said, "I don't feel well either. The body is not good." Mm. And then we spoke on the phone. Um, but the last time I saw him was that night before the show, and he was visibly really not not well and he valiantly you know he didn't let that show during the fight it was like the final accessorization fitting so the actual the each girl would come and stand before Carl and he would check that everything's right every accessory every you know the attitude the shoe everything mm. and he he was you know courageous and valiant and never you know apart from looking like he was sort of slumped in his chair and he was, I think the swelling was due to the um, radiotherapy, which he was having a lot of. Mm. But then in the lift going down, and I remember him saying, you don't mind if we don't, we don't go back for dinner, which I completely understood because he was sort of literally leaning against the wall of the, the lift and coming apart, which was so unlike Carl. Mm. And without his dark glasses, I could see that his eyes were looking directly at me and it felt like he, his soft brown eyes had turned black like he was looking from far far away from a place far away almost like I can hardly reach you Amanda mm. yeah wow oh, I'm crying I, <laughs> I think I mean I mean it was so my false eyelashes lovely to hear you say that you felt like Carl was in in the room when you when you walk through the exhibit wait I mean, and feel it yeah I'm excited wait I'm very excited I'm, to go tell me it. if you think yeah. I'm right yeah yeah definitely will thank yeah. you Amanda yeah this is great thank you no hope, thank you yeah. that we can't just, wait to see your dress we can't wait disintegrate on the red carpet in front of our very eyes <laughs> yeah exactly except not a mermaid's not going to come out of the moonlight water it's actually a naked Miss Havisham great <laughs> The Run Through will be back next Tuesday with a special episode recapping the Met Gala. Hope to see you then. It'll be very early and we'll be Ooh, very tired, but lots of gossip. <laughs> lots of gossip and coffee. <laughs> the Run Through with Vogue is a production of Condé Nast Entertainment. See you next week. Bye. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411. And sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand. Always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stresses, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit betterhelp.com slash run through today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash run through. <laughs> 